Hi there, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from a beautiful, 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 one more beautiful, Key Largo on St. Patrick's Day here. And if you're not familiar with the Keys bartender, we talk about bartending, Keys lifestyle, and life. And uh, highlighting life. Life's very important right now. But today I wanted to talk a little about St. Patrick's Day customer service in the bar restaurant business, but it could apply to almost anything, really. Any business where you have to deal with patrons, um, you know, customers. And lastly, an interaction I had with my sister that was, I found funny. Um, A lot of times, often I get people ask me, where do you come up with the ideas for the show, and I said, just like anybody comes up with ideas, ideas that pop in their head. And I have an idea book. And people say, well, what's in an idea book? And you know, one time I told them, well, I got a chicken on roller skates, a bat with a headphones on, that maybe a picture on that. And they go, what? And they go, you know, and then I write phrases down like noodle toes. And I try to figure out what that means later on. No. What I do is I pick several topics that I think would I'd be able to expand on and that are pertinent to the way I describe the show. Keys, life, life, and bartending. And so customer service. I wanted to talk about customer service. And it's boring. Customer service is bar- boring. About in the, I think it was in the late 80s, early 90s. And I, I, I made mention of this book before. There was a book called Give Them the Pickle. And it was written by a CEO who suggested, you know, what he was working for in the restaurant business and fast food business. And when someone asked for a pickle, they would, you know, people would, you know, uh, the, the workers would just say, hey, it doesn't come with a pickle and stuff like that. And you would have to charge extra and all that. And the person that writing this book suggested, hey, just give them the pickle if it's going to make them happy. And there was a quotient involved with that, you know, cost effectiveness versus customer satisfaction. Obviously, if someone wants another patty or a giant steak or, you know, just free stuff, there is a level to that. And that's where you know, the fallacy of that idea, the customer is always right. If that were the case, then most businesses would be, if the customer had unrealistic expectations in pricing, portions, service, it would become practically impossible to run a business. How would you run a business like that? Giving them everything they desire. So it's a balancing act. Because most customers have an expectations, an expectation of the, the product they're going to get, the service they're going to receive, the price that's going to be. And it's generally agreed upon. So when those levels of quality, service, or price are not met, that is the meeting room for that where you're going, you're going to satisfy the customer. So in the, particularly in a bar and restaurant business, we're dealing with food, drinks, and service. And obviously, there's other things. There's like appearance. There's cleanliness. There's 
multiple things. And that, and that works for retail, too, I imagine. Uh, so generally, if a customer and, and you got to be careful, because if you do get the reputation as being a place that rolls over for almost any unrealistic request, you could become a target. A target of people that are willing to do that. Now, most customers have reasonable expectations of quality, service, and appearance, and price. And there's other aspects too, but I'm going to deal with those. So when you come in, you know, we've recently, over, you know, since COVID, there's been a lot of inflation going around now. And uh, most people realize that. I'll tell you in particular, our chicken wings. Our chicken wings used to be on happy hour up until about three years ago. But when we started reopening, the chicken prices went through the roof, as well as most other prices. But they were really unreasonable when you call it the price-wise. And we couldn't keep those chicken wings that we normally used to have on happy hour. And the price went up uh, several times. And when I say several, several whole, num- whole numbers, maybe three times the price. So you, can, you can't absorb uh, you know, a loss leader like that. You can absorb some prices, but when you talk about volume and the volatility in the market, you can't absorb it. So we'd have to take it off. And yeah, people would want it for a happy hour and stuff like that. But there's just no way to really square that circle, making a profit, because you're, for a business, your objective is to make a profit. If you don't follow that objective, what are you in the business for? But you do still have to kind of keep reasonable expectations. Your prices have to be somewhat in line with other people's prices around you. Or you're just going to find, it's going to be like the um, people voting with their feet. They won't come into your store. Same thing for drink prices. Uh, fortunately, alcohol and beer did not go up in the same manner as uh, foodstuffs, such as chicken and uh, meat, red meat in particular. Fish, or fish prices are enormous now. There's some, some ways they're over like 75% higher. And that is just hard to really absorb. But when it comes to that, so even then with the prices going up, we have to be doubly sure of how we deliver the quality of product and the way we deliver it. So when someone's paying dearly for an item, you don't have the wiggle room. Before, um, do you want to be screwing up a set of chicken wings and have to make another order? No. So you got to make sure the first set of chicken wings are right. Same thing for the fish or steak. You just want to make it well. Before, when you had, um, there was a larger margin even before. Because when the price goes up, a lot of businesses have been eating some of that. When I say eating it, they've been absorbing the price increase. And you got to look where you make your money from. And the places, especially places that don't have liquor license, because liquor and beer and wine are huge profit items, huge profit items, um, as well as um, sodas, soft drinks. But once you start getting that price increase, you just got to be 
dead on with your you know consistent quality, uh, uh, consistent. Uh, I'm just saying uh, consistent service. Same thing goes for drinks. Now with your price when for a bar where you have beer and wine and mixed drinks, you know you can you are more likely to say, hey, listen. Um, Here's your margarita. And sometimes when they go, someone has a suggestion, they say, I want a margarita. I don't want any triple sec. Or I want to have orange juice in mine. You got you to gotta be on that and do it that way. And a lot of times what I do is when someone starts telling me they don't want something too sweet, I can always go back and make it sweeter. I can't make it less sweet after it's made. Or you can. You can probably expand the drink. Just make it. You know, take it back and add more and expand it with less mix. But th- there's all sorts of things. So this customer service line that we walk is a fine line. We want to get them, we want th- that expectation to be met. But we also want to be able to preserve that profit. And that's also... Another thing you do is buy the delivery of customer service, and that's the quality of your service. Listening to the person, sometimes repeating back what they said to you, and then making good on, on some of the things that you said. I'm going to, you know, if, if the burger's overcooked, you're going to say, I'm going to go and get it. And, you know, sometimes you're going to have to eat that. When I say eat that, you're going to have to go back and remake it. Now, sometimes... Someone eats a whole meal and they say, well, you know, the quality of it wasn't exactly what I said, but you ate everything on your plate. Now, that's where you have the wiggle room. Say, hey, listen, how about if I get you a slice of key lime pie on us or apple pie or, you know, a sundae, a pudding pop. Not that people do pudding pops and stuff like that. They do it at stands probably and stuff like that. So there's all sorts of things you can do. But, you know, so that, that's the dance we're doing between the ideas of the customer's always right or we're going to just do everything we can as a business to preserve a profit. And that's where you meet in, in the middle. And everyone, you need to get into win-win situations most of the time. Most of the time in that. If you're running into a lot of problems, unless you run your business where you don't make any mistakes. And there's nobody out there that doesn't make any mistakes. Hopefully, you'll make less mistakes, preserve your clientele, and also their satisfaction as well as the profit. Because you could give everything away, make your customers happy. But within a year, you could be so much in debt, you'll go bankrupt. So you have to be fiscally responsible to that and you got to be responsible to the customers, too. So that's the fine dance we have. Okay, St. Patrick's Day coming up. I used to have a real big hair up my ass about St. Patrick's Day because it's a cultural day for um, people of Irish descent. And it's kind of a f- funny thing. And you get, where's your green, Jim? Where's this and that? And you hear this stuff. And they say, well, my name, my full name is James Peter Patrick Haran III. Okay? I don't think, that's not a made-up name. That's my first name. Peter's my middle name. 
Patrick is my confirmation name, and Irish Catholics use that, and Haran, and the third. So you, you can get more Irish than that. You can have Seamus, you have Colin, and all that stuff, but you can't get much more. You can't get much more. So when people say, you're going to wear green, I don't need a green. Green, green is for people's name, last name's Marinelli or Schmidt. Okay? Or Johnson. So, I don't, I don't need to really wear, but I do sometimes. I do wear that green and stuff like that. But one of the things, and I always thought it was funny, um, that the big thing that they talk about today, about St. Patrick driving all the snakes out of Ireland. And, you know, I've heard told many times, Ireland didn't have snakes for a long time if they did. They're saying three million years ago, one of the Ice Ages. And during the Ice Ages, because snakes are cold-blooded, they just couldn't survive. And they never reestablished themselves on the island of Ireland. So there's some guess that the idea or the alluding to St. Patrick driving all the snakes out of Ireland is more metaphorical to uh, making the converting the pagans of Ireland, people uh, that had the animist and druidic traditions of Ireland, converted to Catholicism. And then later, obviously up north, it was Protestantism and, and all that stuff. But um, so I always I always say like that. And, I, and if if I ever like you know 14, uh, 1600 years from now, if for some reason they decided to make me a saint, they can say I drove all the uh, penguins out of the keys because there's no penguins in the keys. The only penguins in the keys are ones that people bring in, people with the exotic animals and shit like that. I was going to say polar bears and stuff like that, but polar bears would be a very specific thing to be driving out of keys. And you'd have, that'd be some quite story that some guy drove polar bears out of anything because they're kind of vicious animals. They're the size of Humvees, you know, 12 feet tall. Um, and Dwight Schrute would probably say that. You got grizzly bears, you got black bears, but polar bears are kind of like the apex predators of those herbivores, those um, omnivores, I guess. And uh, But I, I can be like the guy, uh, St. James um, of the Keys. And they can say, well, what was he famous for? Well, he would refer to the... Um, Whatever you bring up a palm, a three-leaf palm, that would be something, a palm, and say, you know, use it, I can do that. I would be directly taking away from St. Patrick. And uh, what's the other thing I could do? Got the three-leaf palm, got the shamrock. Um, no, not much. Converting, no, there's not much else he did. You know, he changed, or I could do some miracle with the uh, the... the the beer changing a lager to a light beer. There you go. He, he changed it. We saw it. 
he went from a lager, which was about 170 calories per pint, to an ultra ultralight keto-friendly beer. And that was a miracle. So that would be the only one. I do, and I, like I said, I don't like the appropriation when they, when they do a, um, the stereotypical thing, the worst stereotype of some culture, and that was the Irish car bomb, that the Irish were likely to blow up something and things like that. But I, I wasn't a big fan of that particular, I'm not a particular fan of people celebrating and say, hey, we're going to have an Irish car bomb on, and it's like, oh, really? Oh, really? I mean, for some German National Day, are you going to you're going to celebrate the most negative things in German history? Which I don't. If you have a modicum understanding of German history, it's something that would have occurred approximately 80 years ago. You wouldn't want to recreate that, would you? So, and this, and obviously the car bomb thing is a lot more uh, recent. So it, maybe it isn't as demonstrably horrendous as the things that happened in Germany 80 years ago, but it still was horrendous. Uh, lastly, I wanted to uh, quote something. It was funny. I recently, I've since uh, the health, in, health incident that I had, and if you need to know more about it, just go back a couple episodes. And there was, uh, I wanted to read this one thing, and it's from the chief the Master Chief in uh, G.I. Jane, played by Vigo Mortensen. And he's walking down the line in front of SEAL uh, recruits, which G.I. Jane is one of them. And he goes, a wild bird will fall frozen dead from a bough without ever feeling sorry for itself. And I always like to think, uh, the thing about that, because um, I am, I am kind of like a whiny little bitch sometimes. And when I say whiny little bitch, I don't refer to women and stuff like that. I'm talking about a person that bitches. Uh, you know, bitches all the time. And I do have a history of doing that, bitches all the time. But this past week, I did not complain about what happened. Uh, my, but my biggest fears were um, leaving early for my, uh, my family. That was my biggest fears. I swear to God it was. And I'm talking to my sister. For we've been, uh, we we normally would talk on the phone, but we weren't we weren't frequent. We do it like once or twice a month. Now we're once or twice a day. And you know what? We do get along great. It's funny. She's a funny woman. And the thing about my sister Peg, and she'll talk about this all the time. Uh, she'll she'll mentioned in a conversation we meet people, he goes, he's my Irish twin. He's my Irish twin. An Irish twin is someone born within a year of each other. We're actually born on the same day, a year apart. And uh, that's uh, the kind of weirdest Irish twin. A, a perfect Irish twin would be someone born nine months after uh, the birth of another one. You know, that's, that's you know, that's, what they're trying to say to Irish people they're alluding to Irish people being uh, having large families big procreators the island that's the island the reason why you see so many Irish people around they kept on leaving at one time there was a population of 10 million they never got back up to 10 million since uh, 
I guess it was the early 1800s. And it's not a very big island at the time, you know. So, I mean, it didn't get any bigger. Not that I know. That'd be news to me. So we, we talk a lot, and especially since our father passed away at the end of January. I've been talking more to my brother, too, my younger brother, and, and my uh, half-sister. But my, my older sister, my Irish twin, Peggy, she'll talk, and we would have a good time, and we talk about a lot of different things. And she was concerned about my health since, you know, recently. We've been talking more, especially since that incident. And we're talking, talking. And the thing, the nature of the conversation is that when you're talking to my sister Peg, there's an indeterminate amount of time you'll be on the phone. You may think that you're on a 15-minute phone call, but don't be surprised. That could be 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and 10 minutes, an hour and 30 minutes. You can tell her that, Peg, I got to go, I got to get into work. Or Peg, I got to go and pick up my kid. Or Peg, there's a train approaching my car. I got to move my car, so I got to put the phone down and move my car. And she'll keep you on the phone. Not because she's heartless or anything like that. She's powerless to stop talking. And she'll just keep on going. I do it all the time. I say, Peg, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I mean it. I mean it. I got to go. I'm going to be hanging up. I'm going to be hanging up. Peg, I'm hanging up in 30 seconds. And they'll start counting down. And she'll keep on going. And she'll talk over the whole time. You're trying to say, I got to go. There is... There's someone approaching the door that, you know, actually, there's a guy with a hammer, um, with a sickle, a reaping thing. Death is approaching the door. I have to leave, Peg. And she'll just keep on talking. I mean, actually, that'd be a good thing. If you're, you know, death is coming for you and stuff like that. And you say, listen, I can't leave right now. My sister's talking to me. And death can go, well, when should I come back? And I said, I don't know how long she can go on. So... She'll, she'll say, she recently, a lot of things she's been saying, or she's been reiterating, was, Jimmy, you got to get a lot of rest. You got to get a lot of rest. You shouldn't spend so much time on the phone, blah, 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 blah. And it's ironic, right? Because the reason I'm on the phone at the time is because I'm talking to her. Now, I called her today. When I realized when I call her, I, I learned this, that she is better at getting off the phone. So I realized, I said, oh, I just have to call her. So, but that doesn't always work. But yesterday, that was the one thing. And it was beautiful. Because we're talking, we're having a good time. And I thought it was a good conversation. And, but it went way long. My wife was trying to reach me about 45 minutes earlier. And she was concerned because I didn't pick up. And then now she knows. And I told her, I said, Peg, I told um, Abby, I could be talking to Peg. You never know. I, I just, she'll just keep on going on and on. So she says, oh, yeah, you should get some rest. I said, well, listen, let me get off the phone. Let me, let me get off the phone then. And then she'll talk. She talked another 25 minutes after she said I have to get some rest. Another 25 minutes. So my brother-in-law, there, Mark, was there in the room with her. And he's a funny guy. He is a funny guy. And I, he, he talks, uh, you know, feeds her lines and stuff like that. So I don't want to cut them both off. But I'm saying, listen, I got to go. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. So as I'm hanging up, I'm putting the phone down. And right before I hit click, I hear, 
poor Jimmy for my sister. And I went, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? She just poor Jimmy'd me? Poor Jimmy. I mean, poor Jimmy. It's like if you're the owner of a dog and you're beating your dog, which I think is horrible if you do that, and you say, oh, poor Dusty. You know? Or if you're like uh, driving by a bus stop and go, look at those poor people as you're spraying with a puddle of rainwater as you drive by. And kind of laughing. Oh, God, look at those poor people. So immediately after I got off the phone, I called her back and I went, Peg, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? You poor jimmy me? There's no poor Jimmy. I'm doing all right. What's that all about? The reason you're saying poor Jimmy is because you were keeping me on the phone. You kept me on the phone like an hour and 25 minutes. So later on the day, I called her back. My uh, wife was there and we had her both on. My wife thinks she's hilarious. And uh, I got the chance to pay her back right at the end. I just went, you know, right as I was hanging up and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I said, man, you don't know what's going through that woman's head. You know, it's just like, it's like, just a, it's a mystery. Just like you don't know what a chicken is thinking. And then I say, bye, Peg. And then I hit her with the poor Peggy when I go back. and Stuff like that. It's that kind of pity. That empty pity. But I know she loves me. And I want to wish everyone a happy St. Patrick's Day. And I hope you enjoy it. And if you get the chance to come to the Keys, come by and say hi. Um, I should, I'm still going to be out of work for a little while. So as you can tell by the episodes that are coming out, this is the fourth episode this week, I think. And maybe I'll do another one this weekend. So I may be cranking out six a week. Maybe I'll be able to figure out and maybe I'll get a guest or do something like that. I can bring on, you know, I can do anything. I maybe have to crank out a couple video episodes too. So uh, I'll, I'll take my back episodes and turn them into video episodes. What do you think? Well, thank you very much and have a great day. This is Jim the Keys Bartender. Talk to you later. Bye.